The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful, sexy, steamy Studio City, California, this is The Knapsack Files, and I am back in the pilot seat. Special thanks to Mark Ellis for last week's episode, in which he flipped the script and grilled me for a good hour and a half on my life and uh, life, the universe, and everything. And uh, sometimes it's uh, fun to talk about yourself. Uh, of course, in Hollywood, a lot of people do that, but uh, it was fun to have Ellis uh, ask me those questions, and uh, thank you all to, who listened to that, and special thanks to Mark Ellis for uh, taking my life and putting it out for all uh, to understand. Now, towards the end of that episode, uh, my guest who's on now uh, made a brief appearance when he came to my door, and I had been talking with Ellis so much, I had to shoo him away. <laughs> but I, I am so glad to have him here because uh, he is a friend to us in Schmoville uh, uh, with the movie reviewing community, and that, of course, is out from Ohio, Mr. Chris Stuckman. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm so glad to have you here because it happened kind of, uh, well, I, w- I wasn't planning this, but you're out here. By the time this airs, you will have been out here for a week doing all the shows with us in Schmoville. And I know that's not the exact reason you came out, but um, we get to know you uh, get to know you pretty well. Uh, by this point, we'll, we will have hung out. This is weird because this is in the future. We're talking. You will have hung out at Chili's and possibly been arrested with us in the parking lot. Who knows what have happened? I was hoping for Olive Garden. <laughs> That's, Ellis has that pasta pass now. There you go. We can do it. Uh, now, Chris Stuckman, for most of you probably know him in Schmoville as one of um, uh, one of YouTube's most prominent and successful movie reviewers, recently crossing the 160,000 subscriber mark and climbing. Uh, and how long have you been reviewing movies now, Chris? Well, I started in uh, 2009 originally. Mm-hmm. It was uh, on video anyway. Gotcha. I did. I did written before that, and yeah. uh, but that wasn't even remotely successful. And I didn't even really mm-hmm. view it as a career. It was more of just a, well, I saw a movie and now I want to talk about it. Mm. And it, it was easier for me to process my thoughts in writing than to, you know, just let them mull around in my head. I have I have that yeah. kind of brain where once something gets in my head, I feel like I have to somehow creatively express it get it or, out yeah <laughs> barf it up right exactly <laughs> and so uh i i had a website that's no longer up uh called a critics com. <laughs> i like that title yeah it was a very uh, self-explanatory <laughs> it's like yeah, that's some that's good marketing sometimes um I, I certainly look look i certainly want to get into the youtube conversation and how you get successful it's not easy uh it is a long road like you said you started in 2009 and it's a and it's an interesting field and certainly it's a successful field for a lot of people you included now but um i i, I really want to spend some time too on the uh the movie fan behind that and you're also a writer uh, and a filmmaker yourself um so where did it start man as a young kid mm-hmm, definitely um when I was just five or six, I, I was still writing. I started writing little short stories on notebook paper. Nice. And I still have some of them all crumpled up. And I used to be obsessed with, like, the, the Goosebumps books. Yep. And I, I had those when I was a kid, and I would draw my own little covers of them, you know, Monster in the Basement, Monster Under the Sink, all that stuff. And I uh, would would write, like, little two-chapter books or whatever, and they always mm-hmm. ended with, like, some cliffhanger. And then it, some, it ended up being someone was just playing a nice prank or a joke it was always very innocent you know i was never too violent or anything i was very a very innocent and naive child and me, me too that we'll, we'll be lifelong friends <laughs> <laughs> i mean i still am innocent and naive but um and i i think the first thing that ever made me realize i might want to do that for a career be a storyteller or be mm-hmm. involved in filmmaking in some way is i i wrote a book with a very uh uh sexual innuendo like name called the coming and i I didn't know at the you know i was a kid innocent and naive you didn't know exactly but it was about aliens coming to earth and not not coming on earth but (laughs) coming to earth but anyway um and it won like a little elementary school best short story award or whatever and And how old so elementary school but how early it must have been third grade so So that's 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 nine mm, eight nine range yeah Second or third. And uh, I just remember being like, wow, I I should write more stories. And I just got really into it. And I started, and back then I always wrote stories with myself and my friends as the characters. Sure. It was, I didn't write like imaginary characters. It was like Chris and Elliot walked down the road and it would be like the road we lived on in real life, you know? So. Reality shows before they were reality. Exactly. Before you knew to market it as such. 
and uh, even even then, I was uh, I was obsessed with the Home Alone movies when I was a kid. I loved Home Alone one and two. Yeah, and uh, I started to reenact all of the blooper, the the you know the gag parts where they got the slapstick parts. I would reenact them for my family, and I would put on oh, these nice. shows. And I would do, you know, all the, you know, how many fingers my whole nut moth? <laughs> Eight. Like I would do the whole. So the whole the whole family's gathering around right. you, and you're sitting in the center. Right. And I would I would do like the whole thing. Uh, Just let Chris go. This is what he likes to do. Exactly. This is his creative outlet. <laughs> One day he'll make money doing it. And so, uh, yeah. And so since I was like. Five. I've always mm-hmm. viewed myself as a storyteller, for, first and foremost. Well, and it's fascinating because uh, having just been grilled by Ellis and everything, realizing, look, I'm doing this thing now in front of microphones. I started about three or four with my dad telling, getting, grabbing a microphone, and, and we'd improv stories. And by seven or eight, I was recording shows in my room on a Fisher-Price tape deck. So it's <laughs> kind of funny when you look back, the programming starts early in your brain. Definitely. And my friends and I did the same thing. Uh, we had what we called a boom box back mm-hmm. in the 90s with uh, four D-cell batteries in it. Oh, yeah. And cassette tapes. And we would put on our own late shows or tonight shows. Or Oh, really? Yeah. Do and some comedy. Definitely. Uh, we would trade off playing a guest or playing a host. And we'd never play ourselves, though. We'd be like... Uh, Superman is the guest of our show tonight. Batman's the guest. He's coming in. Superman got a clip. Superman. Uh, I, I was. I, I. I still have the MP3 file, and if you want, I can get it to you somehow uh, when this airs. I don't know how you have how you edit this together, but I have a interview where my friend, who was at my wedding and still one of my best friends, his name is Vince. Uh, he interviewed me, and I was Darth Maul because this was back when. Uh, this is back in like late 99 early 2000 we were like oh my god episode one is so cool (laughs) yeah and what i did the entire time was he would ask me a question i would just be like at last we will have revenge (laughs) and he'd be like okay so uh darth maul uh you know how'd you get started in uh the sith uh industry if our traces are correct, we will find them quickly, Master. Like I would, all I would Just do is all of Maul's exactly. lines. Exactly, he has like four lines spoken so. by Peter Serafinovich, <laughs> and that monologue from that commercial never aired in the movie, which was actually a good monologue. Right. Um, so wow, so it's doing there. So so you 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 uh, you got the. That's what you set out to do. Did you go film school? Did you in high school? Did you start doing video production or start doing your own films? What did you do? Well, uh, basically. I continued writing, and mm-hmm. I, I started writing more and longer stories, and I still have them, and, and mm-hmm. they're not good. Like, you know, I, I, don't, sure. I don't look back at them and think that I was creating great material, but I was 12, 13, and getting older, and yeah. it, it was always the same quick little short horror thriller stories of some kind. There's a killer outside. There's a guy in a black cloak, something. There's a monster in the woods. There's sound under the bed. And it, it took me a while to get out of that R.L. Stein phase, uh-huh. Goosebumps phase, <laughs> where I was like, everything has to be a short horror story. Um, but then uh, I saw a film called Signs, and yeah. by no means the best movie ever made. Sure. But-, but it did happen to be the first movie that I saw where I realized that films were made by people. And to- Okay, I get what you mean by that, yeah. When you're a kid, you watch movies, and you're like, that movie was so great, that, that part was so cool, but you... You're not thinking that a director of photography set up a shot or right. some guy is editing the clips together. And that, it's a, that, it's, that it's a career choice or a possibility. Right. And that was the first time I sat there and I suddenly became aware of the fact that movies were made by people and that mm-hmm. that's actually something that can happen. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I, I was you know just freaking out, telling my mom and my dad how I wanted to be a, a movie maker. And my parents, being the good parents that they are, bought me a reasonably priced video camera okay and uh i just started making movies with my friends we Mm. i was like we got to make movies we got to do stuff and and i remember the first movie we ever made it was about 30 seconds long it took place in my friend's basement it showed one of my friends walk down the steps and then walk around a corner and then you see a big hand knife come up and just go and stab him like seven times and it was like 30 seconds long and i remember my I'm, not, I'm not no longer believing that you're this naive innocent kid by the way <laughs> everything you've said is horror 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 i know it's true um i've always liked scary movies but anyway yeah, yeah um and i remember i remember the first thing my dad said was i think it was a mistake to get him a camera <laughs> because like our first movie was like this bloody thing with like ketchup everywhere kids and, making snuff pictures i tell you exactly down in the basement killing kids <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> and I remember, but but still, my dad was really cool about it. He was like, dial down the violence. It's you can make movies, just maybe not so violent. That's <laughs> so funny. My parents were not strict, yeah, but careful. You know, okay, like where where did you grow up? In Ohio? Yeah, I grew up in Ohio. What part of Ohio? Akron area. That's what my um, my roommate is uh, uh, Akron Canton and uh, Canal oh, wow. Fulton and was on uh, WMMS in Cleveland for a long time. You yeah. m- you might have heard him actually. Um, that's funny. So I know that area decently well through him. So good kind of small town upbringing. What did you have? Yeah. Um, well, Akron is is not like a small town, but mm-hmm. it's it's certainly not L.A. or Cleveland. Yeah. Um, but I I always lived like right in the middle of rural and city. Gotcha. Which to me is perfect. Yep, totally. Because I can go to both. If I want to have some peace and quiet, I can go take a hike in the woods. If I want to go get some cool city shots, I live right by Akron and close to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. It's nice for me. And I I love where I live. Like when I come to here, um, I was so afraid. I realized I'd have to rent a car. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to drive in L.A. It's been okay so far, though. This is your third visit, you said, Alan? Yeah, this is my third third visit, visit, yeah. That's, um, yeah, that it's, no, yeah, I could see... LA's uh, driving. Yeah, that's a weird place. <laughs> but, Side note, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I guess yeah. uh, not really small town, but um, in some ways, I suppose compared to like where you live now, mm-hmm. it would be considered a small town. I grew up in a very small town, Arroyo Grande, California, which is now bigish. Not 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 even bigger, but it's it's tripled in size since I left. But so I had a very conservative upbringing and 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 overprotective parents and all that kind of stuff and and that bred a kind of naive uh, kid too i'm wondering yeah. if maybe that factored in too where you oh absolutely uh, um great parenting by the way but it just it can kind of breed that in those def- towns. definitely it took me quite some time to get used to speaking to the female <laughs> creature um i'm still learning you just recently got married so you've obviously done something right but well I found one that's similar. That's that's that's, that's how key. it works. And I wasn't looking for her, so mm. it you know it's all just an accident. But it worked, and it was a happy accident. Um, but no, I I completely feel you on that. It's yeah. I uh, I remember one time I was I was graduated. I was mm-hmm. like 19, and I asked my friend who had a girlfriend. I was like, "How did you talk to her? What'd you do?" And he was like, "I just went up to her." And I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's impossible." Yeah, I know it's crazy. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you said it. I had naive. I was very mm-hmm. naive, but but not. But not like in a derogatory way when I say that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean because I get co- – yes, I I know exactly what you mean. It, it's just kind – of, it's an innocence more of the word. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. probably a sweet kid. You seem like a sweet kid. I, I, I wish I – I hope that I was. <laughs> you know, just like that that Chris, he is really polite. I, did you ever get that a lot? <laughs> yeah. I, that Chris is such a sweet kid. I never really want to be his friend, but he's he's nice. <laughs> All the parents would be like, you need to hang out with Ken Moore. He's so polite. Exactly. Yeah. He can teach you something. <laughs> he, can, he can learn you something. Stop looking at that pornography. <laughs> that dirty stuff. I bet Chris doesn't do that. <laughs> um, what kind of uh, – I want to talk a little bit about the films. You mentioned Home Alone, which is interesting to say it inspired you but what what uh i know you're you got a you got a batman wedding ring on which you're going to talk about you got uh, you got star love of star wars yes, uh, you're on jedi lines with me and Maud. you you uh you mentioned indiana jones off mm-hmm. air so what was it the epics what what did you watch growing up that made you just really fall in love with film well um i must have worn out the star wars uh, empire strikes back return the jedi vhs tapes yeah um and it's funny because some of the the younger people I've spoken to, and I say I say younger. I'm 26. I'm mm-hmm. I'm young, but I mean like teenagers who ask me like, "What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Do you like A New Hope?" I'm like, "It's called Star Wars, right? Right? It's called Star Wars." Anyway, yep. and uh, so I watched those three a lot, and yeah. I, and I'm talking every sound memorized. Yeah, like not just the dialogue. Like, the, yep. the way the sound effects roll along, <laughs> memorized. You can always tell a good Star Wars fan when if I say, "Hey, make the sound that Obi Wan made." Uh, make the sound when Obi Wan disabled the tractor beam. What's the sound? Mm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and that wasn't that wasn't rehearsed, kids. That was that was live and on the on the cuff. Exactly. Thank I know, you. I know what you mean. And uh, uh, the Princess Bride, quite often as oh, a kid. Oh, I love the Princess Bride. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. William uh, William Goldberg, man. Uh, I mean that. I, I never read the book. Have you read the book? I've, 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 I've got to do that before, uh, it's before funny. I get too old. I'm but. afraid to because my wife yes. my wife has said that she read the book and that the movie disappointed her because she read the book. And so I'm like, I don't want to ruin it. As with a lot of things in life, sure. Right. You know, 
Um, but Definitely. Yeah, Princess Bride's great, man. Princess Bride. And that's and it's funny because a lot of the movies I grew up with all featured some form of sword play in Star Wars and yeah. uh, Princess Bride. And I got really into that. And uh, I was, yeah, definitely the epics, the adventures, Back to the Future quite mm-hmm. often was was uh, played in my household. I watched that recently. It still holds up to this day. Oh, I, I call that one of the um, one of the perfect movies out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how it just. I grew up on movies where everything just worked on on them, and Princess Bride was one mm-hmm. of those movies where. It, it's like there's so many different elements in that movie where there's like this really absurdist comedy yep. and then there's this really dramatic story with uh, Inigo, Inigo Montoya and his yeah. father and of course the the whole love aspect could be so cheesy and sometimes is but the film sure. makes fun of it because little Fred Savage yeah. is like oh they're kissing they're again kissing. Yeah. Peter, Peter Falk is like well as you wish son as you wish it's, it's a layered movie too mm-hmm. it's got so much to it it's smart you know and in regards to movies that I grew up with that aren't perfect, but I sure. love, are uh, Hook. I grew up with Hook. Interesting. Watched it quite often. Uh, not a perfect movie, has problems, but obviously there's a lot of nostalgia in there. Another yeah. swordplay movie. Exactly. Um, but yeah, those those movies, I would say the Star Wars trilogy, Hook, Princess Bride, Back to the Future, were some of the entertainment staples of my childhood. Yeah, and Indiana Jones too. I'm sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason I sa- the reason I was saving that for later is because um, yeah, those are a little more violent than a lot more violent actually than Star Wars. Yes. Um, and so my parents were more like when you're like eight or you know nine ish, and then I watched them. So I um, got taken to the theater, but with a couple friends by my father and another father to see um, Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the theater, and. Oh, no one was expecting and that. Of course, was one of the movies that prompted the PG thirteen right. rating, and for good reason. Because mm-hmm. I was like eight or nine, horrified while his heart is being pulled out of a man's chest. Absolutely. And I remember my dad saying to my mom that night, like, I shouldn't have taken him to see that movie. <laughs> I remember. I remember the first time I saw Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. and uh, it was not uh, my parents saying, "Here, watch this," mm-hmm. because up until then I had seen Raiders and The Last Crusade, right? And uh, I. Uh, I had a downstairs neighbor who had all of them on VHS, mm-hmm. and uh, I would play often with her son because we were close in age. And uh, I remember just always thinking Temple of Doom was the bad one that I couldn't watch. <laughs> and I looked at it and I went, "Wait, it's PG, right?" I, I was like, "It's PG, good." And, and she said, "Oh yeah, you can watch it." And I took it home, and uh, my parents were uh, at work, and uh, this was when I was about eleven. Right, and I think that's the first time I saw Temple of Doom. I was about eleven, and okay, uh, yeah, it, that was the one that, that took a while because of the heart pulling out, and, yeah. and the cult thing. The cult, yeah, the, yeah. It's dark and child slavery, and I'll never forget it. I, I I remember when the hand went in his chest. I was like, oh, like I just it just it, it locked me to my seat. <laughs> but I, runs, but I loved scary, it. man. But oh, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, from then on, and and so. Oddly, when people ask me what my favorite one is, I know it's not actually Temple of Doom, but that yeah. one has a specific uh, importance to me because it was the first one I ever watched like alone on my own. Okay, and it was interesting like, take on that, but yeah. yeah, and it was more violent, and, I, and it was the first time I ever saw something like that. And and to this day, I I think it's very underrated personally. See, it's, I have I'm I uh, in, Indiana Jones is my all time favorite movie character. Um, even though I'm a bigger Star Wars fan per se, but I think Raiders is one of the perfect movies out there. I agree. I love Last Crusade. Um, Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll avoid that. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Temple of Doom, I, I'm trying to count my head. I think I've seen six times in my life. Okay. Last Crusade, probably 50. Mm-hmm. Ra- Raiders, probably 50. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason, I think, is I'm still scared <laughs> from my childhood, <laughs> seeing it in the theater. I completely understand. Uh, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, part of me sometimes is slightly more entertained by Temple, because actually yeah. it is the one I've seen the less. The least. Yeah, gotcha. And, uh, but I suppose Crusade is probably my favorite. Um I just I love that finale. It's right. it's so incredibly uh, intense. The the tank chase sequence, mm-hmm. the the rats, Venice, the opening with River Phoenix is yeah. amazing. He's perfect in that scene. I mean, look, Raiders is Raiders. It's the oh, first yeah. one. Like I said, I it's, it, I view it as kind of a perfect movie. Definitely, like Back to the Future, Last Crusade. I, if for some reason some people slag on a little bit because maybe you know, it came out nine years after the first one or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but at the time it might've seemed like, uh, oh, we're doing this again. But 
man, that, that that's some inter- and Allison Duty as as uh, Doctor uh, mm-hmm. Elsa, like mm-hmm. she she had it going on and the Connery mm-hmm. stuff. It, I I have a special place in my heart for Last Crusade. Me too. And and it's funny because like Allison uh, Duty was always the one I thought was the most attractive. Uh, yes. Uh, to me, I mean like. Willie or uh, yeah. Kate, Kate Capshaw. Yeah, she was, pr- you know, very pretty, but she's screeching. Yeah, and and Marion, entertaining, uh, manly, yeah. masculine, very sexy. But I was always more uh, attracted to Allison Duty, and and so I don't know. I I have a bad habit of of, of falling for very uh, unattainable, sometimes cold women. So I think it kind of stemmed from gotcha. 1989 watching Last Crusade in the theater. Gotcha. And uh, you know, uh, Allison Duty, she kind of disappeared a bit, but she was supposed to be in uh, Lord of the Rings, and uh, really, Peter Jackson wandered in, and I think she just got pregnant or just had a baby, and she didn't want to go to New Zealand for 18 months, and backed out of it. And I think they got uh, Kate Blanchett to come in. Interesting. After that, or I, 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 maybe it was, yeah, maybe it's that character. I don't know. Side note: we're, we're I'm, I'm distracting myself. <laughs> Images of Alice and Duty dancing in my head. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you like the the epics then too. So, did, what was your first? What was your first? You mentioned Signs. What was your first f- film? Gotcha. Um, see, do you mean like The Godfather? Or yeah, something, something where like you that? were like, I appreciated this fine film. I understand. Uh, well, there was a lot that that kind of all happened at once. Yeah, it was it was like a landslide because I suddenly became aware of films, you films. know, and I just would go to the library or at the time Blockbuster, and <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, rest in peace. And I would uh, just rent movies over and over again. Uh, I would use my allowance that I got before I got a job. Rent movies, uh, rent video games, uh, and there was a lot of stuff. I watched the Godfather movies. Mm-hmm. I watched. Uh, I remember the first time I ever went out of my way to see a movie in theaters, because mm-hmm. there's yeah. where I'm where I'm from in Ohio. Uh, to see an independent movie, it's not like you can just drive down the road. Right. The, the closest independent theater is about thirty thirty five minutes away, and I remember in two thousand nine, I saw I, I went out of my way to see Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. And yeah. it was the first, my first experience ever being like, you know what? I'm not going to go to my local theater. I'm going to try to drive and, and mm-hmm. see this film, and hopefully it's good. And I loved it. And that was the first year I started reviewing movies, actually, on, on mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, and a lot of it was because I decided, I, I became aware of like the staples of theaters around me. Like there was one art house theater, there's one that showed newer films, but also a few independents. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I suddenly became aware of like that whole culture. Yeah. The, the 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 film the cinema culture as correct well. yeah um, the artsy stuff the which artsy stuff. I feel like I need to say like a lot of people yeah. are like Chris you're all pretentious because you like Drive I'm like dude I, <laughs> I grew up on Star Wars I I like all movies yeah if, it, if I think that it's good I'm gonna like it it doesn't matter to me what the genre is you know? I'm giving you that platform to answer your trolls buddy thank you here here you could do it thank you um yeah so yeah yeah so so so. You're making movies. You're as a kid. You're making movies or films. You start. You're winning awards as a young kid writing, um, writing things. Where are you with that now? And obviously, the YouTube thing pops up, and it's something that has worked well for you, and it's continuing to grow. Um, where where do you want to take that side of your career, though? That that creative side. Not that the YouTube stuff's not creative. That's a different animal. But it's funny. Um, I spent the last two years of my life uh, writing a screenplay. Mm-hmm. A feature-length screenplay, <clears throat> and I completed it, and uh, I uh, sent it to a few people. I have it like copyrighted and everything, mm-hmm. and all that official jazz. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's like a believe it or not, it's a horror film. There's something dark inside of you. Yeah, there's a it's a it's a suspense story. Gotcha. Uh, but no, basically, I I've always been making short films, and yeah. I just completed a short film. I haven't actually even said this. Because I'm not going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to okay. try to go for the festival circuit gotcha. with it. Um, YouTube is a rough place for ins- inspiring filmmakers or, or creativity yeah. because it's a bunch of people who sometimes are expecting everything to be of a certain quality. And mm-hmm. sometimes people don't have the budget for that, you yeah. know? And and uh, I do get sent a lot of short films, and a lot of people have asked me to critique their short films, and I, I do watch a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And there are thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people out there trying to do what I'm trying to do. Sure. And so my whole thing is uh, I just feel like 
if I surround myself with people who appreciate the creativity of filmmaking mm-hmm. and who I'm actually friends with. And because I have two really great friends who helped me with my last short film, uh, Matt Brando and Justin Krikovich. And um, we worked on this short film uh, about a guy who's trying to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's it's my first ever movie I've made where I, I realized that I wasn't inspired by another film. I wasn't inspired by a filmmaker. It's entirely my own style. Because I, in the past, admittedly, I've made shorts where I have felt that they were very derivative of other people. And okay. I and just copying. And I completely understand that about myself. This was hmm. the first time I ever wa- uh, made a film where I went, okay, this is my style. I think I found my style. Well, look, too, you know... Twenty six in some regards is is old uh, older. Sure. No, but it's young. But it's young, regards. so you're still finding your creative voice too in some right. way too. Uh, that's a good. So I think it's very smart and intelligent to look and go. Well, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I, you know, maybe I borrowed this or wanted to be this or you know this or that. And now you're finding your voice and you're taking probably pieces of what you've done and you're you're moving it forward. That's very very smart of you to look back and go. Here's where my weaknesses were. Thank you. And and that's something I'm, I've tried to always do is. Mm. I've never viewed myself as, you know, because I have a, a friend uh, who's like, I'm going to be in Hollywood. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because I, I can. He's like, he just knows it. And, sure. But he's not doing anything about it. Right. He's just, I'm going to be in Hollywood. I'm going to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He, I recognize that I have got so much to learn. Like, there's so mm-hmm. many things that I need to, to work on in regards to my writing and my directing it's a constant learning experience. Yeah. And you mentioned the YouTube thing. Yeah. One of the things I'm trying to do is use uh, certain like bigger films as an opportunity to film a few skits from time to time to include in my reviews that relate to said movie. Okay. And that's something that helps me to be more creative in regards to my film reviews. It's not just always the same with me sitting in front of the camera. I try to switch it up every once in a while. But it also gives me the opportunity to share a little bit of my filmmaking. Like mm-hmm. uh, for my Sin City review, I did like a three-minute skit with uh, at my, at my fiance at the time, mm-hmm. and I did like this really cheesy like uh, Marv from Sin City voice, like "Oh, the dame, the goddess. Oh, she's so beautiful, and she's she left the Front Street bar at 3 a.m. and 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 we did it all in black and white, and and so I'm trying to use the movie review aspect mm-hmm. as a way to not only inspire myself but others mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to show them that you don't just have to sit there and write a review that's 5,000 words yeah. or you know film your review. You can in, in some way use it as a creative outlet to express yourself at the same time. And and, and it is look, man, it's brave to do that. It's, it's brave to do anything on YouTube, uh, but it's brave to probably change up your style a little bit too because mm-hmm. you got fans you have to answer to in some ways. Definitely. Um, oh no! One of the top rated comments was "Don't ever do skits again." <laughs> Forty-two likes, right? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And then right below it, it was like, "Actually, that was really damn good." Forty-two yeah. likes. It was like a budding of heads. It was like people yeah. were like, "That was good." That was bad. And I was like, "Well, if it's creating some sense, it's something. It's something." And, so, and at some point, you got to be true to yourself or take that risk. And like I said, you're going to learn. So uh, that didn't work. I'll change and change. But yeah, right. uh, from just knowing on the outside of, I don't know YouTube as well as you guys do, the schmoes or Johns and all those. Guys. Guys, but yeah, that's that to do any kind of change is kind of brave once you got the steam, the steam yeah. rolling ship going forward there. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Um, and, and so, well, let's talk about. You mentioned Hollywood. You're out here right now, and you recently came out here to do a, a job to interview Sean Bean and everything mm-hmm. we were talking about off air. So you got the friend saying, "I'm going to Hollywood." Do you, does that in your long term plans, or are you happy to be filmmaker out there? Maybe too early to tell. I think that I could never live here a long term. Totally good. I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. There's there's another big reviewer we know who came down for a very short time and yeah. turned and went went back. It's it's not terribly welcoming. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not, buddy. It's not. And uh, <laughs> it's it's just. Uh, I really, I I cherish serenity. I mm-hmm. love peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, if if I could pick a place to live, it would be. Uh, it's kind of surrounded by a forest, but near enough to a city that yeah. that I could just go and do whatever. And I honestly love where I live right now. Sure, I I do have a forest by my house. I can look at my window and see deer. Yeah, you know, and 
uh, rabbits and you know, sounds, sounds so cheesy, but no, I, no, I, I get like it. it. Man. I grew up, I, you know, again where I grew up. Like uh, if I wanted to get in my car and drive into the country, I could, mm-hmm. you know, or go to the beach, I could. So I totally, there's a part of me I love the big city. Uh, Ellis and I joke, we I love hotel living and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, I'd go to Burning Man if they moved it to the airport Hilton, but. I, um, <laughs> But at the same time, there's a part of me that kind of needs a backyard and a chair. Absolutely, and that's that's where I'm where I'm at too. And you know, let's say one day I had an opportunity to direct a film, and that mm-hmm. let's just say that happened one day. I, of course, would have no problem being here for a while. Yeah, but I would prefer to have a place back where yeah, I live. It's like Harrison Ford wants to go to Montana every now and then. Yeah, exactly. it's totally cool. And, right. and again, I, nowadays it it is so much of a do your do it yourself Hollywood at times. Still, there's some traditional paths to success you have to battle with. But now, you, if you've got the, the the means and the equipment and the the crew, you don't have to be here. Mm-hmm. So I think it's smart to recognize maybe that when the time's right, or maybe you can come out like you are now. Um, plus, you know, you, you got a you got a wife to worry about now. Exactly. You know? If she wants to go, that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. And I do want to come back to that. But before, I want to spend a little time in the world of YouTube. Um, obviously, it, it is key to who you are, and, and it affords you a lot of opportunities. And and uh, you know, you bring numbers, man. We know. We know from over in Schmoesville. Schmoesville. I said it wrong. <laughs> Christian's going to fire me. Over in Schmoesville and Schmoes. No, uh, Christian and Mark. We look at what you do with 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 respect and and the the brand you've built for yourself. So take me back once you make that transition to video, and you get your first subscriber. You all start with one. Take me back and how did you approach building it up and and, and forming your voice on YouTube? Well, it it was definitely. First off, thanks for those compliments. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely a lot of uh, trial and error because at first I I remember I was just sitting down with my dad. I think we were playing a card game. Mm-hmm. We used to play cards like all the time when I when I lived with my father and mother. And uh, I was just like, it'd be kind of cool to do uh, video reviews of movies from time to time. And I saw a, a young guy. His name is Blake Kennedy. Mm-hmm. He, he had a channel called Grounded for Life 27. It was one of those like names where you're like, you know, Super duper guy, seventy nine. <laughs> that you should never have. Yeah, I'm still friends with him. I literally talked to him yesterday, so yeah. uh, I have no problem making fun of him. <laughs> but um, he uh, he had 800 subscribers, and I was like, oh my god, 800 subscribers. 800. This guy has 800 people watching him. I can do that. Yeah. And um, I talked to him a little bit, and I, you know, he was nice enough to talk to me, even though I was just a fan. Yeah. And you know, and uh, we we actually we created a legit friends friendship out of that yeah clearly yeah so i just started doing whatever like i i was like well i like star wars so i'll talk about star wars oh i like the x files i'll talk about the x files yeah. um oh i saw 500 days of summer i'll i'll review that and i just started releasing like five movie reviews a day mm. where it was just like every film i saw that year i'm going to review it and i'll put it out and of course they looked terrible mm, you know yeah. crooked angles one overhead light yeah, uh, absolutely no microphone, just whatever was in the camera. Yelling into the camera, yeah. right? Three sixty p, no HD, not even four eighty p. I mean, it was <laughs> it was just it was like my fate. Like Michael Mann would look at it and say, "That's too grainy." <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, and I did the reviews for a while, and uh, I remember I, I would start getting like fifteen to sixteen views, twenty mm-hmm. views, thirty. And the the one that really blew up was mm. when I reviewed uh, Dragon Ball Evolution, which mm. is to this day my least favorite movie of all time because <laughs> I grew up with the anime. I yeah. love the anime. And the movie was a piece of shit. We all know that. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> but what happened was this uh, page on YouTube, I think it was just called Dragon Ball Protest. Gotcha. Linked to my review. And over, right. overnight it had over a thousand views. And wow, a thousand. a thousand views. I was literally pooping. Yeah. <laughs> like I was, I think I actually was pooping Like at the time I was on the toilet. That's how like, most social media is done. Actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's when I do all my work. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. And I was just like, this is crazy. And I, I, I thanked them through private message. Yeah. And I think at the time that gave me a few hundred subs and, um, that was like, okay, I can do something with this. Yeah. Let's You're start running. Let's start doing this regularly. So I started, I was like, I'm going to review at least one new release a week. Gotcha. And uh, I did it, you know, pre- periodically. I would pick one movie that came out because at the time I worked uh, on a school bus hmm. um, with uh, uh, mentally handicapped kids. I, w- I was the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The educational assistant. That was my hmm. job title. And basically, you see the school buses with the lifts. 
Yeah. You put the wheelchair on, you lift the the child into the bus. That's what I did. Mm. I got up uh, every day at like five in the morning, was on the bus at 6 a.m. Mm. And Thursday at midnight, I was seeing whatever movie was coming out because that was my only time to do it. Do it, yeah. I would stay up all night, do my video. I would get it published around 4 a.m. and go, screw it, I'm just going to stay up. Stay up. <laughs> go. And then uh, gratefully, the bus route that I was on um, – she had the the driver had to go so far to the first kid it was like a 30 40 minute drive to the first house yeah and since i wasn't the bus driver i was just the assistant i she was she always let me take a nap take for like nap. the first 30 for the first 30 minutes on friday morning and which was so great um and then uh, so i got to the last airbender review mm-hmm. which I, I had the privilege of seeing early before about four or five days early i think and uh I was one of the first people on the internet to say that it was garbage. It was balls. Right, right, right. right. And because at the time, everyone was still really optimistic about it. Sure. Except night. It's cool. People thought it was going to be, they thought it was going to be his comeback. Yeah. They're like, okay, no more of that lady in the water crap. We're going to do this big epic movie. The trailer was cool. Mm -hmm. The boat, the ships and all this. I remember that. Sure. Okay, cool. And uh, I remember when the movie ended, I was uh, sitting there like just trying to realize if it was as bad as I thought it was. Right. And uh, because it, there was, it was packed, the theater was packed with fans. Like there were people with, with the arrows on their heads. Mm-hmm. People had shaped, people had shaved their heads entirely. And, you know, it was like they were clapping. Yeah. And it was, it's what I call phantom menacing a movie. Okay. <laughs> it, that's a, that is a thing. It's denial. <laughs> You're so excited about something. Yeah. You can't admit to yourself it sucks. Yeah. And so, uh, that's what was going on then, and a lot of people were like, you know, this was, this was pretty good. And I went home, I did the review, I said it was balls. And uh, lots of hate at first, lots and lots of hate, because gotcha. it was one of the first ever reviews that was out. Tons and tons of hate, because the movie wasn't out yet. Sure. And, and film reviews for it were just starting to trickle in. And uh, I always say this, but it's true, uh, around Friday or Saturday of that weekend when it came out, all the hate stopped. Just silent. Because people were seeing it, Stuckman's right. Yeah, and I remember, I remember the first one of the first comments, like what you just said, that, that a guy actually came back to the video and went, "Dude, you were right. That movie was ass." <laughs> and I was like, "Yes!" And um, that review exploded. Yeah, got quite a bit of hits um, and uh, a lot more subscribers. I had like two thousand in a couple of days. And to wow. me, to me, that was just incredible. Off and running, right? And you know, and um, I'm sure you get a lot of asked a lot, and and I know the schmoes do, and and Johns does, and all those guys. Like, how do I make it on YouTube? How do I? How do you become Jenna Marbles, who just subscribe past 14 million subscribers, whatever? It starts, uh, and and hearing your story, uh, it. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's not just some dude talking on a camera and putting it on YouTube. You're, you're, in your case, you're at midnight. You're up all night. You have to edit. And then, of course, you have to make it right. Just because it's YouTube or the internet, there's still sometimes this expectation that uh, – or this thought that if you're making the videos, all you have to do is get it up. But you, it has to look right because people are – like you said earlier, they're expecting it to be a certain quality, the sound, mm-hmm. the shot. It is a full-time approach and full-time job, and it sounds like early on you had that ethic into you. Right, and a lot of it came because I, I had already been involved in like my short filmmaking, and I was, mm-hmm. I was so into the idea of trying to create something that was aesthetically pleasing to look at. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the image. Well, you know? you're a good-looking guy, Chris, with your 5 o'clock shadow. Don't you, don't you doubt yourself. Well, I grew up always <laughs> thinking I was ass-ugly, so... <laughs> I'm I'm very humble in regards to that. Trust me. But um, it, when I get a comment like that, I still get surprised by it. Yeah, I really do. Really? Yes. Every yeah. time someone says that I am good looking, I'm like, "Fuck you!" I don't know what the hell you're talking. <laughs> anyway, um, you wonder what your wife feels about that. No, she she likes my face. That's good. Um, but yeah, she uh, better. She she should. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It is yeah. work. It is work, and yeah. that and people ask me that and I, a lot, and I know they ask. The schmoes and, and mm-hmm. people like Jeremy and uh, the flick pick a lot. You know, how do I make a video? How do I write a mm-hmm. review? And I actually got that exact question one time. Somebody just sent me a, t- a sentence: How do I make a video? <laughs> and I was like, Well, there's a lot of well, there's a lot of variables <laughs> for that. First um, step: Press record. Yeah. Um, uh, get a camera. Yeah. And please do not get a <laughs> web camera that films in 240p. Right. But anyway, um. You're absolutely right. It is work, man. It really is. And a lot of people do not realize that. 
because yeah. they watch a video mm-hmm. and they they see oh he worked for three minutes, the video right. was three minutes long. Yeah. That was easy. They have no idea what else is going on. Yeah, you know, because uh, I've told people that I used to work on the school bus and everything, but I never have mentioned to anyone until now about how I would get a chance to take a thirty minute nap on the on the bus. Right. Then I would come home and. At the time, uh, my family and I had uh, a lot of responsibilities that we all took care of mm. that were personal, secular, and even uh, religious. And gotcha. at the time, it was uh, no free time at all. Gotcha. It was movie reviews, work, family responsibilities. And i that's why I, I don't think of myself as some overnight thing. Right. It, it, in no way is it. I've been working hard to be a storyteller, filmmaker... Uh, film lover my entire life and to find mm. a way to be able to actually support myself and maybe even my family doing that well that's and kudos to you and all those guys who put it it's you know we, we hear it's sometimes used as a derogatory statement youtube celebrity or youtube careers um it's a real thing that it puts you know again i mentioned jenna marvel she's not just some some girl in front of a camera mm-hmm. she's her own editor she's her own shooter she's her own everything um charlie schneider at emergency awesome who i know just uh, went full time with youtube um that is a guy who's putting out 20 videos a week on top of having a day job so if you want it you you've earned it mm-hmm. to get where you are and i know you have and and plus you're developing relationships and and you're making your 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 films and trying to get your all your goals accomplished like you said that's that so i do before before we let you go because i know you got to get to a movie here tonight <laughs> and i don't want to keep you from that i do want to talk about the big news recently absolutely we're so happy for you you have gotten married you have a batman wedding ring yes i do <laughs> and you were describing to me today on the phone the wedding you had mm-hmm. and uh, you were also describing it to mark ellis here off air and as i said i want to marry chris duckman <laughs> you had quite an awesome wedding can you explain it yes definitely um yeah basically my my uh wife and i we said we don't want to do a single traditional thing at all we'll we'll get married we'll stand sure. we'll have a officiant you know we'll do our first dance but everything else is us gotcha. so the first thing we did differently was we actually asked one of our best friends if he could marry us so he took a course uh to become a minister yeah <laughs> and he did and he married us and so the, one of the reasons we did that is because we didn't want some cold, aloof man or woman yeah. who didn't know us. And if, if Sam or I starts crying, they're just saying there, yes, this is great, wonderful. So well, well, man. But my, my, one of my best friends on earth, Craig Candico, who writes for fatmovieguy.com, uh-huh. uh, very awesome site title, by the way, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he married us. And uh, yeah. it was great because when Sam was giving her vows to me, I, I could see in the corner of my eye, Craig was crying. And see, that's oh, yeah. it's a personal connection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know what you want me to talk about. We we, <laughs> <laughs> no, we could talk about the love. We can talk about how a guy who didn't know at 19 how to talk to girls gets married at 26. Yeah. That's a leap. That's a jump, man. I couldn't yeah. make that move yet. I'm still waiting to learn how to talk. I'm long enough to get married. But it was an accident. I, I yeah. went to the gym. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking for a nice 24-hour gym, gym where I lived. Yeah. And I went to this, this one gym and... She just happened to be the the person on staff at night. It could have gone one of two ways. It could have been amazingly romantic and we met and and all these – we talked for five to six hours. Or I could have been the really weird, creepy guy at 1 a.m. who won't stop talking to her, which I was. (laughs) That guy won. But gratefully, (laughs) she liked it. (laughs) So I came back the next night. I got a membership to the gym. We talked and talked and talked, and we just started to realize that not only did we have a lot in common, but we just got along. Yeah. And it wasn't, I wasn't used to getting along with a girl that well because they were always gotcha. a girl, you know? Yeah. And suddenly I found someone who seemed kind of like a guy. Like, and I mean yeah. that in the best way. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. The battle of sexual politics is going on strong in this world, but what you mean that, and yeah. I, just, I mean it in the best way. It's almost as if there's no gender. Right, right. And that's, I mean that in the absolute best way. It was just yeah. like, I wasn't looking and saying, wow, what a really great girl. I was saying, that's a really great person. Yeah. And we just talked and talked. And, uh, you know, two years later, we got married. And we, we actually, um, mm. we picked a wedding date that coincided with our uh, anniversary already. Gotcha. The first date that we went on a date, mm-hmm. we picked for the date we got married. So we could always just have the same anniversary. 
Smart. So that's smart on your part. For you. years from now, when you're like, "Honey, what day is it? It's our anniversary and right. our wedding anniversary. Exactly. It's everything. It's everything in one. We should have done it on Christmas <laughs> and, and everything. And Just, your birthday, right? <laughs> or her birthday, right? Um, but yeah. So uh, I, I was talking to her and I said, "Hun, I uh, usually the groom doesn't walk out. You know, it's usually yeah. he's waiting and the bride walks right, out. But yeah, I, right? But I want to walk out. And she went, "That's fine." So I walked out to the throne room song from Star Wars, nice. uh, where they receive their medals at the end, you know, and uh, it was amazing. And uh, I timed everything in my head to music because I've heard the song a thousand sure. times. I handed my my mom some flowers. I said thank you for being a great mother. Yeah, she was bawling. I, I handed my <laughs> sister some flowers. I said thank you for being a great sister. She was crying, you know, too. And and then I acted like I was done, <laughs> and uh, and I had hidden a lightsaber. Uh, behind the uh, behind a uh, it was outdoors so mm. behind this like rock like thing I hit a lightsaber and I handed it to my dad and my dad's a photographer yeah. and uh, he was he was turned around take waiting for Sam he's my, taking pictures right and yeah, I was like I was like dad dad and he, and he turns around and have a lightsaber and I have the video <laughs> and he's just cracking up that's uh, awesome and uh, you know and gratefully what I we only had about thirty people there okay very small intimate gotcha. Yes. And uh, just the closest friends and family. Yeah. And uh, but every one of them was laughing, which is perfect. Yeah. It was like you know, a Seinfeld laugh track or something could have been recorded. It was perfect. So and, fun, uh, a lot of fun enjoyed this. Definitely. Thing. And uh, Sam then walked out to a song called uh, "You and Me" by Lifehouse, mm-hmm. and uh, we got married. We wrote our own vows. Okay. Uh, we didn't want to. We wanted to do that on our own too, and we didn't know what the other person was going to say. Mm-hmm. And I won't lie, I I was my bottom lip was quivering as, as like it was like Mel Gibson and Braveheart. It was yeah. so Love. I was. It's like don't cry, please. <laughs> like my dad is right there. I have to be a man. The world is watching. Right. And uh, but it was great. We danced. Our our first dance song was uh, Skyfall by Adele. Oh yeah. And absolutely. Uh, I mentioned you this off yeah. air. We set up a projector and yeah. uh, we projected Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade See. outdoors. The weather was perfect. It was like seventy three. Yeah, no humidity. Uh, a light out there. A <laughs> light breeze. It was. It, the, it, the clouds parted and the sun shone. Down. I, I mean this, man. It yeah. was perfect. Yeah, there was not a problem. I saw some of the pictures on the Facebook uh, pages there. You the guys, Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah, it looked great, man. And what I loved about it is, is just you you allowed yourselves to be yourselves. Right. And that's what the bartender, uh, we, it was just a small cafe that we mm-hmm. did it at. It uh, We didn't rent like some lavish thing. Sure. It was a little jazzy cafe, very well lit, dim lighting, nice like mahogany bar. And then this great outdoor patio with, yeah. with all these lights uh, strung up on the walls and everything. And and he he was talking to me. He was like, "So on your playlist so far, you've had the Indiana Jones theme, <laughs> Billy Jean, Star Wars, and now we're listening to the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack." <laughs> he was like, "I really like you guys a lot." I was like, "Thank you, man. Thank uh, you." So we tried to just be as original as possible. And, yeah. And we wanted to we, just have fun. Man. We just wanted people to have fun. It, because I've been to weddings where it's it's such a it's 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 lovely for the person you know mm-hmm. but everyone else is just like okay come yeah. on you know da, yeah. da, 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 I've, I've been to a two and a half hour Filipino Catholic wedding man oh man that sounds like <laughs> a great time God bless them two of my best friends there but uh, yeah. I know what you mean, but so it's good, man. So, so little Chris Stuckman has grown up from the horror-loving kid who uh, killed people on camera to uh, <laughs> uh, a roundabout, uh, looking roundabout way. You become this uh, adult with a a wife, and 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 mm-hmm. uh, um, you're making movies and you're re- reviewing films and and working hard still. And that's what I like about you. Thank getting you, to man. know you here tonight, I just know you from the distance. And getting to know you, you you've earned what you've got, and you're going to earn what you get. Thank you very much. And I, I like that. that. And I'm so glad you get to spend a week with us here uh, in, in uh, Schmoville and on here in the Knapsack Files. Um, let me ask you this, though. So at, at any point, quickly in closing, you get that picture. Marvel says, can you do Doctor Strange 2? Um, and you do it. And you have to leave YouTube as a reviewer. Would you ever – I mean, would you Would you do it? Would you mm-hmm. leave? Or would you – be the hardest – one of the hardest yeah. decisions in my life, that's for sure. A good really, decision really to have. Good, yeah, really good question too. Because um, I, uh, I was my wife was actually asking me that. She was like, "What if you get to make movies? Like, yeah. what, are you going to shut your channel down?" No. Gotcha. Uh, 
the the worst the thing I'm most afraid of actually mm-hmm. is if I ever did get to make movies. Yeah. And then let's say <laughs> one of the actors I want to work with goes back and watches my old reviews. <laughs> oh my god, I don't want to work with that guy. He said I sucked. You know. Or, you and just have so, to choose your cast carefully, then. right? And and so and that's one of the things I I but gratefully I've always in my reviews I've always tried to never appear insulting to the person. Yeah, I you know you'll never you're not going to search my channel and see a video that's that says Michael Bay is an idiot. Right. I, you'll see videos where I say I don't think he's a very good filmmaker, but yeah, that doesn't mean that I think he is dumb as a person. Right. You know. Right. And he's uh, doing something right because we're he's filthy <laughs> we're, rich. We're not sitting on the pounds of money he's got. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, let's okay. To answer your question, I I don't want to. That's for yeah. sure. Well, I want you to be make me the promise then your first feature film that goes big that you have to review your own movie. <laughs> okay. That's what I want. Executive produced by Ken Napsok. <laughs> Perfect. Blame him. Okay. Blame him. Well, man, I'm going to let you get on out, and it's been uh, great li- uh, hearing your uh, your story, where you got to where you are, and I wish I was at that wedding, man, because I'd love to watch Last Crusade <laughs> with some good friends and a good time, and you're going to get to go on and see a movie here now. We're going to hear a lot of uh, – well, by this time, we already have heard a lot of you this week over mm-hmm. in Schmo's No Land, Schmoville, but um, I'm so glad you, you uh, we worked this out, man. Mm-hmm. It was impromptu, and uh, you were like, man, let's do it. Definitely. And I appreciate you making the trek. Of course. Um, so, uh, of course, you can find Chris uh, on YouTube at youtube.com slash Chris Stuckman with two N's. Two N's. And, of course, that is the same for Twitter and all that other stuff. You got it. You are branded across the board. That's what I like. And my name is apparently my brand now. That is your brand, buddy. Mm-hmm. I keep telling Ellis that, that he, he for a while he had Twitter and Instagram different. I was like, you, you unilaterally, can't do that. You unilaterally brand this, buddy. Uh, so that's that. So uh, thank you, Chris, for coming in. You, of course, can find the Knapsack Files on iTunes and Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review and push, up, uh, push us up those rankings and you can follow me on twitter at ken knapsack and also uh over in schmoes no and with jedi alliance where chris recently um, was on talking about shadows of the empire uh with uh, mod garrett we got that show on the schmoes no network jedi alliance doing good in the itunes ratings there so thank you for your support we can only go so far with you the fans so for chris stuckman and for the state of ohio and for the knapsack files i'm ken knapsack we will see you next time <laughs>